Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Brisnet.com, PredictorForm.com preview podcast. This week we are taking a look at the Traverse Stakes. Three-year-old males going a mile and a quarter, just like they do in the Kentucky Derby. And uh, looking forward to talking with Danny Zucker uh, about that. He'll be calling in shortly. And uh, sorry for the hiccup there. Interruption at the door. Someone else was excited for our Travis picks, but they're going to have to wait for the podcast because uh, they're clearly not listening live. Uh, they wanted to talk to me, but I want to talk to Danny. So without further ado, let's bring him on so we can get through this 14-horse field. Danny, how you doing? What do you say, Ed? Now yeah, looking forward to uh, hearing what you think. Uh, I know uh, you and I sort of chatted a little before and. Uh, I know you're you're hoping to blow up the tote board. I'm far more conservative uh, in this race, and uh, I won't leave any uh, drama. I'm definitely going for the chalk. Um, after that, it's just hard for me to to make a case uh, for or against several of these. I do think Exaggerator is the best in the group, and it comes down to what type of price you're you're willing to take. What's your approach to the race, given the full field? Wow, you're just diving right in, right? Well, with 14 horses, I figure, you know, not a lot of time for pleasantries. Hey, Ed, you need to retweet, by the way, the webinar that's happening tonight. Yeah, I didn't do it the first time because you spelled Predictiform wrong. I know. Shit. Rotundo just texted me. The guy, Breeders' Cup, Peter Rotundo texted me. and said I spelled it wrong. I know. That's pretty bad, Predictiform. Yeah, I know. P didn't yeah. form. All right. All right. Here we go with the race. Call it a stream of consciousness. <laughs> okay. Are you done? Yeah, for now. You want to go inside out or what? Uh, yeah, we'll go inside out. But, I mean, I, I would be interested. I mean, just, yeah. you know, 30-second, quick sure. take, 14 horses, yep. grade one. Like, what, how do you get in the mindset? You know, this isn't like the right. sword dancer where there's a one-to-five favorite trained by yep. Yep. possibly – America's greatest turf trainer. This is definitely a, a race that requires some some thought. So what was yeah. the first step you did when you knew you had fourteen horses to get through? Great question. Great, great question. And my my hat's actually off to the uh to the folks at Naira for putting together not only a great card, but they did an amazing job recruiting horses. I mean I can't remember the last time. I, I don't even know that the Travers has ever had fourteen deep. I mean it's really incredible to think that one other time uh, one other time, one other time. So yeah. there's a lot of things that go into thought about uh, where to start, but I'll tell you where I, I start. Um, the first thing I want to know in the last couple of years, what was the running style of the winner? I kind of just want to get a feel for historically in the short term and not necessarily going back 175 years because I'm not a buyer of that. Uh, Sam's that one curse that you keep bringing up around um, – the Kentucky Derby, I can't remember what it's called. What's the what's the famous curse you'd always bring up every year? Um, Apollo curse? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. But in this case, you go back, you look at 2015. Keenice uh, won the race, closing on AP at 60, 
16 to 1. The, the year before that, VE Day ran down Wicked Strong off a new pace top at 19 to 1. We'll Take Charge ran down Marino, same trainer as Leo Bannon here at 10 to 1. And Golden Ticket dead heated with Alpha, again, skimming up the rail at 33 to 1. So the last couple of years, the race has proven really fair, and the winner does not need to be on top. And I think that's a really important recognition to make when we're looking at this race, where we have a tendency as players to discount horses that are coming from behind or the middle of the pack when we see, um, you know, quality speed like this. But, you know, that, that's the first thing I note, that the winner can come from off the pace. The second thing I want to look at is what the winner won, ran last year. So Keen Ice ran an 80, 77, and a 77. I'm sorry, a 77, a 77, then an 80, his most recent out before winning the Travers in 79.2. So for me, and again, people ask me this, this race is going to go 79 to 80, all right? So when I, when I think about these figures, I'm looking at, okay, what horse can run in 80? What horse can run a 79? Not necessarily who is the fastest horse, but who can get to this number in the start. And by doing that, it makes a little bit more palatable to go through the race and, and uh, you know, pass on a number of horses that maybe people would get stuck get stuck with. And, and then the last thing I would say is you just need to make a decision. You you, you gotta you gotta strike out two thirds to ten. You know, you gotta strike ten horses right off the bat and leave yourself just with a couple to do. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, made that last point. I mean, I don't want to say I punted to exaggerator, but at the end of the day, with you know the the wagering opportunities available, whether it's vertically uh, with 13 other horses after the winner, or in the multi-race wagers with those big guaranteed pools, you're going to have to have some strong convictions. And that was one I was willing to have based on his class. And we'll get to the numbers as we get through the field. Uh, and just uh, again, you complimented the uh, the Naira staff in pulling this field together. And I have to echo that. The only horse that is not here. Uh, well, I guess you could say two, or Nyquist and Songbird, and Songbird was never pointing toward here, and Nyquist, uh, clearly his connections do not like running in New York, uh, so I was pretty dubious when they were even considering the, the Travers, and that, that came to pass, but, uh, you know, two classic winners, uh, the other up-and-comers, it's a great field, uh, and they'll start loading number one, Arrowgate, and as great of a field this is, this one is not one of the more accomplished horses. This is actually his stakes debut, uh, but certainly his turned some heads for Bob Baffert out west and uh, shows up here with a lot of buzz after straight victories uh, at Del Mar and Santa Anita. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and that soft pattern is a really misleading number. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the soft pattern just in general. It, it, it says the horse won its race while running slower than its race before it's it's a misleading pattern in that says it won the race easily it it doesn't mean that won the race easily it means it won the race in a slower pace than the race prior so i tend to to just um very, very much like a plow i tend to give that a free square in other words if it's close to the same figure um i include it and if not i i sort of draw a line to it so in this case you're looking at at 377s with an improving four furlong figure, and the last race he kind of um, backed off that fast four furlong figure and ran 62. The, you know the thing that I I um, I thought about with Arrowgate was hold on was I, I had to go back and look at the dam a little bit because 
it's a really lightly raced horse, and it's tough to it's tough for me to put an opinion out there off four races stepping up to Grade One. We know horses can go from maiden claiming you know non-winners and win Grade Ones. It, you know it happens all the time, way more now than it used to. So that doesn't that doesn't scare me. The dam bubbler was a really nice mare. She won you know almost three hundred thousand. She was a graded stakes winner. She's the only this is the only runner by that by that dam. So there is. There is cause for pause there in that the family has shown some success. Arrogate is one of the you know couple that I would I will be considering in here. Not my topic, but somebody to consider. Right, yeah, my my colleague James Scully is also uh pretty much in that camp too, not a top pick, but you know, ten to one uh, is intrigued. Uh, the thing I'm worried about, and I've mentioned class a lot, and I'm normally not a class handicapper, but uh, throughout the Triple Crown, there was some talk about horses like Unified and the player and uh, some up-and-coming three-year-olds, and that has failed to materialize. And now Arrowgate's the latest of these, and, and I just wonder, I, I just happen to think we saw the best three-year-olds in the Triple Crown series, and uh, I'll let them beat me in the Travers. And, you know, it's yeah. like you said, it's just one of those opinions you you have, and you know it's it's a gambling game, and you do it with yep. conviction. Uh, it's the type of race where you can't you can't use them all, so you have right, to right. lean on some thoughts you had, and that's one I've had throughout the summer. Uh, yep. Similarly, uh, American Freedom, also from the barn of <clears throat> barn of Bob Baffert, draws alongside Arrowgate. Uh, he does have graded stakes uh, experience, so finishing second in the Haskell. Most recently, uh-huh. he looked good in the Iowa Derby as well. Uh, certainly some things to like here, though I do worry about how much will have to be used early uh, with another clear speed threat all the way or almost all the way on the outside. Yeah, well, the, the first thing I would note about American Freedom is two of his three wins and all three good races have come on a sloppy or off track. So, uh, you know, he might be an upgrade there and he's got one, two races uh, on a fast track and, you know, one was... Uh, distance sixth, and he won the Iowa Derby. So it's going to be a different type of a surface maybe than he's used to excelling at. Um, I'm unsure about Raphael. Now, I know we'll get to the pace figures in a second, but I, I have a feeling it. I believe that Raphael will be is not cutting enough to win at Saratoga in a big race like this. He's a great rider at Del Mar, but this is different. You know, that's that is the I'm going to get some crap for this, but that's the minor leagues compared to this this company. And, you know, he might be top dog back in Saratoga, but here I think he's got just too much competition. What that means on the racetrack is pace. I don't know that he's going to be able to get away with some of these kind of paces that he gets away with at Del Mar that are slow. You know, nobody presses. Look at his works. He goes in 59 and 58 and 3. That's, that's uh, I mean, that's less than 12 seconds, in, you know, every 16th or every 8th of a mile. It's five lengths faster than Leoban's work. So there's no question he's going to go to the lead. I think there's going to be some company there. From a figure perspective, he's run you know, solid figures. He ran 78 last time with the 77 four furlong figure. I just think there's going to be enough speed in here to prompt him, and uh, I'm not going to use him on top primarily because of the, of the jock. Uh, yeah, that, I'm not sure I'd on that harsh on Bayerano. I mean, I agree. New York is without a doubt separated itself from Del Mar. Uh, I do think Raphael's a, a top enough jockey. I mean, you right. know, against, 
against the likes of Luis Saez or Man, Manny Franco, I, I would still take Rafael. So uh, I, I do hear you, though. Um, right. And, that, and, that and you know, he does lose the – I was going to say, you know, they take the blinkers off, um, which I just noticed for the first time. And he draws inside. He's going to have his running mate to the interior of him. And so certainly that the one is not going to go, which might be a consideration for discounting the one. But, um, no, I mean, if you gave me the choice between Rafael, Bejarano, and six other guys in the race, I would five other guys in the race, I would take the other riders. I would take Javier. I would take Junior Alvarado. I certainly would take Johnny V. Um, I would take the Ortiz brothers and, and Flojo. So I put him as the sixth or seventh rider, and to me that's a, that's a negative mark here. Yeah, no, not that's. I can't disagree. Uh, he will yep. have to go to the front, and we'll see what kind of clock he has against Lauban. Uh, right, that's a really good point. I think it's all that interior clock. It's all that interior yeah. clock and the jockey ability to rate. And uh, I, I think the new surroundings, the new track, will be a little more difficult on him maybe than uh, uh, he's expecting. And look, he's six to one. I mean, I would think he would be a lot shorter than that, but come post time. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how much money Exaggerator takes and yep. and some others. Uh, and the new track, is, you know, it's not big sandy a mile and a half around, but it is a mile and an eighth around Saratoga, and that is a lot different than the, the mile ovals uh, in California. So, it, you know, it's a fair point. If you're looking for reasons against that, certainly could be one of them. Uh, I'm not nearly as bearish, but I hear you at 6-1 to one for sure against this group. Uh, my man Sam is number three. Uh, I mean, the, the Derby, there were some that gave him a look uh, in that race. He was only 19-1 to 1 in a 20-horse field off a few runner-up finishes. That bluegrass, uh, finally, Lauban did something out of that bluegrass. Um, and Cherry Wine was second in the Preakness. But overall, not really a productive race. And he was second in that allowance at Saratoga to uh, the uh, Dallas Stewart horse, who was famously second to American Pharaoh last year. Uh, right. I worry about the, the class for this one. Uh, what do you think? Well, I spent a lot of time on this horse last night and on the race in general. And, and here's what I came up with, my man, Sam. Uh, his derby race, leading up to the derby, I mean, he had positive figures. He ran 77, 75, went into the derby at 19 to 1. Um, and his derby race wasn't wasn't terrible, but the f- the fact is the back the back half of the derby was a shit show. Horses were banging into each other and flying everywhere. I'm not going to look at his finish in that race, but I'm going to look at his final figure. And he ran a new pay stop, so that's big for me. He ran a new pay stop, you know, while the um, while the field was banging around and doing all sorts of stuff. Nobody else really ran a new pay stop out of the race, like you know, creator and this and that. So that's something to note. Now he, he takes a little bit of time off and he comes back and he runs, um, what was the name of that race? It's a pretty cheap race. like an allowance race. He got beat by a decent horse in Taylor Verve. But if you listen to the announcer, you listen to Larry Colmus and you watch the race, Taylor Verve and Joel basically went around him and, and locked him into the rail. He had no shot to win. And, I, I think there was some effort at the end, but I don't I don't think it was a terrible race, actually. I like his running style, and if you look at the last couple of years, horses that 
you know, sort of close down the middle of the pack but have the ability to come up the rail can win. I don't think a horse is going to come from the way outside, especially at Saratoga, but if the horse can come down the middle or on the rail, kind of like my man Sam has shown he can do, I think that's a good sign. And um, I actually like I actually like my man Sam in here, Ed. I do. I think he's one of the two or three horses that will be coming from off the pace that I give a real shot to. Yeah, I mean, he would have to completely trip out, and that, that to me isn't necessarily a, a non-zero chance. Uh, right. I, I think he should be of even higher price than 20 to 1, though. That's sort of uh-huh. my concern. Um, you know, on the on BrithNet, the late pace ratings aren't remotely there, uh, but, you know, against some different dynamics than you might see here, but uh, he's, right. he's definitely in the – I'm in the not-for-me camp. If, if yeah. you win on him – uh, I'll, I'll tip my cap and congratulate you next week, but it won't be a, a mutual celebration by any means. That's a shame. <laughs> yeah. He has, he has a good trainer, though, no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. well, that's, that's certainly a point. And I think Matt, uh, Franco's really uh, – Shug McGee, he did an interview, and he talked about a couple of the young jocks that he really likes, Cancel and Franco being two of them. And I think that's going to be a positive. I do. I think that's going to be a positive. I mean, he goes back to 120. You know, all this stuff I really don't pay any attention to. I'm just regurgitating nonsense. The thing I like about him is he ran a new pace top in the derby. <laughs> he had no shot, and his last out was not terrible. I think he I think it, he could get back and run 77 or 78, and that's going to put him there. He might not win, but he's got. I think he's got a shot to run and move forward off his uh, last race. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, it's, I could see it happening. I just, he just, yep. to me, those PPs have the look of a, a longer price normally would be wanted. Yep, no uh, and I, I feel the same way about the horse to his outside, Governor Malibu. Uh, a lot of excitement about this horse. Uh, people lo- liked him in the uh, Peter Pan as an alternative yeah, yep. to Unified. Uh, he had some Belmont buzz, and at 17 to 1, maybe that was justified. Uh, the Jim Dandy, he was only four to one, and he did get up for second. But I'm at the point now where I'll let him beat me, even at this uh, blown up price. It, he just feels like everyone's alternative, and uh, yeah. if it's his day, great. But he's not. He's not for me. Uh, I just think he's had a couple chances to prove himself better, and hasn't done it yet. Agreed. I actually think he's a grade two, grade three runner here, and he you know, they continue to put him in grade ones. From a class perspective, uh, I would uh, I would say he would be, we would pass on him. All right. Uh, speaking of passes, uh, another one for me. It's to his outside number five, Forever Doro. Uh, Brisnet top rating is a ninety-three. Uh, you know, Dallas Stewart certainly gets uh, some attention. Is a guy who crashes the exotics at big prices uh and there's a reason for that this one certainly fits that mold but other than an all key in, in third if i get if i can afford that uh he's not one i'm going to be using yeah this figures so the the difference between like a forever dioro and a my man sam for example is Forever Dioro hasn't run that 76 or 77 where my man Sam has run it twice, maybe three times. He hasn't shown the ability to break out where my man Sam has. So my man Sam could run his best race and win, whereas Forever Dioro could run his best race and not hit the board. He would be a toss. 
Yeah, that, that's well said. Uh, I like that approach for sure and, and agree with it. Even we don't necessarily agree on which horse all the time. I, I think in general that that's sort of a good view with these big prices, uh, you know, seeing what they have been capable of. And sometimes it right. fits and, you know, you can take 30 or 40 to 1. Uh, and I would just make a comment. Speaking of 30 Ed, or 40, what's that? Uh, yeah. I would just make a uh, keep going. Let's keep going. I'll come back to it. Yeah, I would say the same thing with yeah. with uh, however you say this. Androdimos, yeah. his fastest figure was seventy two on a double top. Again, he could run the race of his lifetime, which would be seventy five, and that would put him no better than sixth or seventh. So he's a toss as well. And a horse like again, like a horse like this, like this, I would have a hard time using him in the fourth position. Whereas maybe Forever Dioro, it could. Not that I would play a super effective with. Uh, 14 horses, but um, you, you, you got to just start bailing horses. This is not a race you would ever use all in any position um, because it's too competitive. So moving on to Exaggerator, it, this one becomes a little more challenging for me. Yeah, and I, you know, I tip my hand. I, I do like them. I think, uh, you know, hopefully the price will be helped by the fast track since his marquee wins have all come on off tracks, but look, the second in the Derby, uh, certainly solid enough, and he has a, a couple other good performances uh, on fast tracks, albeit uh, no no big, big wins. Uh, yep. Those were on sloppy. But to me, that second in the Derby uh, lays over this field, and it already has several of them, including Gunrunner, who was third in the Derby, Creator, right. Destin, et cetera. Uh, you know, at two to one, I begin thinking, well, how much do I want to use them? Is that too light? But at three to one, I'm definitely a believer. I think he wins this race more than 25% of the time, and uh, I'm going to comfortably single him uh, with Flintshire and, and hope the prices come elsewhere. Uh, and I think a lot of people are going to go deep in this race, so I'll narrow and, and hope to get lucky in other races. What do you think? Yeah. So the, the and I'm not going to knock. I, I think it's easy to knock Exaggerator and say he hasn't won on. He hasn't run his best races on the fast track. I, I agree with you. His derby race, if he runs back to this derby race, that was 83, and it's the fastest in here, and he wins going away. My challenge with Exaggerator is the regression after tops. So if you look at his races, and again, the, uh, the pace figures are free. You can just download them. You can open up to the Travers. If you go back to his race, uh, the San Vicente, he ran 80. The race after that, which was the uh, San Felipe, he regressed to 73 and a half. Then he ran 80 in the der- 84 in the Derby, regressed in the Preakness to 74 while winning. He then ran almost 80 in the Haskell, and uh, based on this pattern of regression, regression following big numbers, I think it's as likely that he regresses backwards as he's able to run a 79. So for me, it's more of how much that last race took out of him versus, uh, you know, anything to do with the um, the track condition or whatnot. So, you know, while he while he there's a lot of things to like about him and really just being the best horse and fastest horse. And I think if he does run that race, he's going to be there. But I would pass upon him in the first position here solely because I felt like that Haskell race was another sort of in uh, in season top where he's had a couple of those and proven that he does regress off those big races. Did you mute yourself, Ed? 
yeah, the, the Belmont was an egg no matter how you look at it. Um, and like I said, three to one I'm in, two, two to one I'm, I'm probably sitting out or maybe boxing them with some of the long shots we talked about and more of a an action bet gamble. But he is going to be – so I think from a wagering strategy standpoint, so many people are looking at this race and wanting to go four, five, six, seven deep that if I can narrow here uh, and then get the price somewhere else that maybe other people aren't, um, right. that's kind of the, the approach I'm hoping for. Sure. And we'll, I would encourage people to look at the double will pays. There's rolling doubles, and, you know, people might be playing Flintshire all or Flintshire with a bunch, and, you know, maybe you can turn Exaggerator into four to one with Flintshire. So something to think about. Uh, to his outside is Destin, a, a horse I do have a lot of respect for his talent. I thought he was horribly prepared for the Derby, and that showed. He did show up in the Belmont, uh, narrowly missing to creator. I do not know what the excuse was in the Jim Dandy. Uh, if you throw it out, his 10 to one's value, if you say that's the real Destin, it's not. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, this is a tough, this is one of those difficult horses. I mean, Todd is obviously having a good meet. He's you know, he's Chad's beaten him by 10 wins or 11 wins. They've had the same number of starts. So let's just say that Pletcher is not on his, I mean, his product is great. He's a great trainer, but he might not be on his A game. And that happens. It hasn't happened to Todd in a very long time. But that's one thing to note. The odds might flight up. I just haven't found his, I mean, he's got the 81 that he ran in the Derby. He's got a 79 before that, a couple 77s most recently. He could run 79, but. You know, I, I haven't seen that turn of foot or that explosive performance like I've seen with my man, Sam. I haven't seen it yet with Destin. And making that bet that he run, that he bets it in here, you know, I don't know. I mean, I can't really toss him, but I don't really like him that much. Uh, he's just kind yeah. of like an eh horse. Uh, probably make a decision closer to post time, but there's others that I like more. Yeah, of the ones I think will be closest to the pace, uh, I, I do, I guess I could say I like him most. Uh, yeah, yeah. Certainly over American Freedom, uh, especially if he's a longer price, as the morning line indicates, I think he'll be a little closer, though. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm with you. It's just sort of a tough read, and, you know, if, uh, if they let him get away, I, I'd probably look at him a little more, but... Yep. I think he'll probably take the right amount of money, and I'll just hope he, he doesn't run back to that Sam F. Davis and Tampa Bay Derby, which were two big races, but, um, you know, not at a mile and a quarter. So uh, gift boxes to his outside, James Scully's pick. Uh, to me, I'm I'm just not sold. Uh, yeah. so I, I how did James like Scully Curlin. come up with gift box? Uh, he, he thought that he was uh, – put on the rail, uh, pressing the pace, and that was a dead part of the track in the curlin, uh, and he should move forward off that race, which I don't necessarily disagree. Uh, but, I mean, this horse, he's had a lot of, uh, you know, he had the layoff after the Remsen, and he came back in that allowance. Uh, then he was even money in the curlin, and, and dead part of the track or not, it even money, I mean, he never looked like a winner to me. So uh, I just think, I mean, a twelve to one. If you like him, it's hard to talk you off. But he's one that I just think isn't isn't up to the standard. Yeah, I I agree. You know, again, his lifetime top is seventy six. He ran seventy five last race. 
you know, running a seven, running his lifetime best in here is not going to do it. I, I mean, I don't think the horse is prepared to run 79 or 80 based on his, his figures here. Um, so I can't see his best race winning the race. Therefore, he would be a uh, pass. Mute. Uh, connected when the curlin for Chad Brown. And uh, to me, four to one, no chance I'm taking that price. At uh, 10 to one, which is what I have as fair odds on, at least I could see maybe slotting them in an exotic or on a backup ticket. Four to one, without a doubt, too short. Uh, you think he can continue his curlin form, or is this uh, the water's too deep? Well, first thing I'll tell you about Connect is his dam, Bullville Bell, was average. Really just average. And really nothing in the family to point to for a lightly raced horse like this. If you look at his four furlong figures, and this is something I want to point out, Ed, if you take a look at the pace figures, he's one of the only, only one of maybe two runners that has two furlong figures in 2016 in May. So, you only get a two, a two furlong figure if you're running a six and a half or a seven furlong race. It's the only time you can find a two furlong figure. It's very telling about how, how fast the horse is. And his two furlong figure just a couple races ago was 81. His most recent four furlong figure was 67, but the race before that he ran 75. I think Connect is very fast. And I think Connect is going to be, uh, you know, along with two or three others that we talked about, pressing the pace. The fact that he's gone... 81 for two furlongs. He might just be the kind of horse that wants to be on the lead and will do everything he can to get there. Um, I mean, Johnny V has the skill set to rate him, but I expect the horse to prompt the pace, and I expect a, a fast pace up front, which makes me look at the closers. I don't like Connect. Um, I, I know, that, like, like whatchamacallit won, the, won this race last year coming out of the Curlin, right? Um, uh, Keen Ice, right? Didn't Keen Ice win the Curlin? Or maybe it was VE Day that won the curling. And in any case, yeah, uh, I, well, that was two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. But look at his four furlong figures. Ed. I mean, with the exception of the curling, which he controlled, he's run 75, 79, and 75. They go if they go 75, 72, 75. That's a really fast furlong, four furlong pace. I think he's going to prompt the speed and uh, not going to be competitive at the end. I, I like the fact that he's drawing money too. Yeah, you you and me both uh, just yep. just think this isn't this isn't the spot. Uh, Wait, who makes the morning line? Is, Travis Stone. Yes. Yeah, I mean he's really struggled with the morning line, and I think this race is a case because he's got fourteen horses, and you know sometimes they refuse to make horses fifty to one. They got to keep everybody at thirty to one, and he's got to build in his twenty five thirty percent. I just think he made a mistake here. I think Connect is completely. Uh, misspotted and should be 12 to 1 and a bunch of these others should be I don't think my man Sam should be 20 he should be something more like 15 and a few of these others should come down as well well I think my man Sam should be should be 30 but I agree on connect uh four is light I don't even think he'll be the second choice but I mean creator shouldn't be 50 creator shouldn't be 15 to no one and is not no not creator will be eight or ten to one absolutely right and that, that's what I'm saying creator could have been eight to one and um 
you know, Connect could have been 8 to 1, but rather they make them 4 and 15. And now we know the public is going to move towards that number because of Chad, because of Johnny V, a lightly raced horse that's 3 to 4. So let them have them. Let them eat cake, Danny says. Uh, all right, well, we, that does bring us to Mahesto finally, and uh, I'm guessing uh, not a huge fan of this one either. Uh, is a big price. Uh, had was an even bigger price in the Kentucky Derby at 56 to one. Uh, mm-hmm. Somehow got second in the Florida Derby after needing five races to break his maiden. Sixth in the Curlin just doesn't seem up to the task. Yeah, and I've I've met Gustavo Delgado like. He's a good guy. He's a crazy guy, you know, Florida guy. But I think in here he's just outmanned with the horse and the jockey, and, yeah, he's a complete pass. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's a, it's a t- tall task for sure. Uh, Creator is the Belmont Stakes winner. Uh, did not do much in the Jim Dandy. The comments says long drive, just could not make up ground uh, against Lauban, who ran away with it. Uh, Destin and Mo- Moyman were the, the top two choices. Uh, they didn't really run, run that well either. So if you say, well, Lauban messed things up, certainly you could apply that excuse to Creator. Uh, we saw it in the Kentucky Derby. Yes, Exaggerator closed, uh, but he was the only one, and Creator had trouble in the Derby as well. Seems like if he's able to run his race, he does. Uh, obviously, at 15 to 1, I'd bet him to do that. I think he'll be more like 8 to 1. Uh, he's one of the alternatives for me. Uh, I would I would pick him second, actually, if you know, in graded selections. Where do you have him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. You know, I think the pace is going to break down up front, and I think the winner is going to be coming from a stalking or off the pace position. So just by that alone, I've got to consider him. Um, I'm not really thrilled about his numbers. I mean, his lifetime top is 76. At nine furlongs, at ten furlongs, and at twelve furlongs, he ran seventy-four last race. He's going to have to step up four or five points to win in here. I don't think he can do it, you know. So, you know, just just talking to you about it, I would toss. I'm going to toss him. He he's one that if he wins, he's going to beat me. He's already beat me. He's already cost me money. So we can just add that to the list. But um, he doesn't seem to have. He hasn't had that breakout race, and he regressed his last race. I mean, his last race was shit. Sorry, Ed. His last race was no... If his last race was better, I would say for sure. But it's hard for me to draw a line through a race like the Jim Dandy when three others in here ran better and he trailed and, you know, never rallied. So he's going to be coming from dead last, 14th in here. And even with a, a, a complete meltdown of the speed, which I kind of anticipate there's other sources in front of him that have a better turn of foot. So I'm not going to use creator. Mm, all right. Well, that's a, that's a bold toss. I think I, I definitely am using him. Uh, a horse I am not using is number 13, Lauban, uh, gate to wire winner in the gym dandy. Brisnet says the pace was very slow, negative uh, 15, negative 13 uh, pace rating points. Uh, negative means slow pace. Didn't yeah. even make the lead in the Preakness or Dwyer uh, fields that some say might have been better than the, the Jim Dandy based on how that race played out. Uh, if he makes the lead here, I see no way he makes he makes all at a mile and a quarter. And if he doesn't make the lead, uh, we've already seen he's incapable of winning. He was a maiden when he won the Jim Dandy. Uh, he's 15-1 to 1 on the morning line. Some think he might even go lower because he has that win in the Jim Dandy. I wouldn't use him under any circumstance. 
Now, why are you harshing on Leo Van like that, Ed? You know I like the horse in the well, Preakness. Yeah, I mean, at 66 to 1, that, that's a different ball game. And even 27 to 1, you know, in the Jim Dandy, especially how it played out, you could say, eh, maybe it was worth a shot. In here, though, hey, I, I just yeah. I don't see it. No, I mean, I, I don't like him either. He ran a reversal last out. It was also, you know, if it if it wasn't a reversal, meaning if he didn't run that four furlong figure so slow, it, this is a double top. I mean, he ran his fastest final figure by four points. He got away with a soft early pace, as we can see it, and he was able to hold on. If he runs 73, which, you know, as I mentioned, I think a couple of these inside can run 73, he's going to be gassed. Uh, so I think, he's a, I think he's a pass as well. But what I do like is I like the jock. I, like Eric, I love Eric Gouliot. The guy is a, you know, he's got big balls. He'll run his horses anywhere. He's not afraid to spot him. He won a great two as a maiden, okay, at 27 to 1 beating five horses who were all single digits. So the guy can pick his spots and the horse can run. I would just think uh, it's tough to have lightning strike twice. And if he runs back 77, he could be there, but I don't think he's got what it takes to win. Yeah, we're we're in agreement on that. And, I mean, it sounds like you like him. I mean, respect his talent a little more than I do, but overall uh, not for me. Uh, Gunrunner rounds us out. Hang on. Look at his work at Saratoga. You know, again, we're not huge work guys, but he ran, he, he ran on August 20th, five furlongs at 59. If you look at American Freedom's work, American Freedom ran at Del Mar on the 22nd, five furlongs at 59 versus 59 and three. The race before was 58 and three. So if these two horses are running even what their workouts were, which is 12 seconds every furlong, they're going 48 to the half. Okay, that would be the slowest they go to the half in this race. I think there's a there's likelihood they could go much faster than that. So even at 48, this is going to be some contested pace with at least four or five wanting the lead, and and that's why I kind of give an edge to some of the closers or horses that uh, have some tactical speed, like the outside horse. Outside horse being gun runner. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, similar uh, to me is is Creator. Uh, although I I picked Gunrunner in the Haskell and he got within striking range and then pretty much spit the bit and that was that. Uh, I guess you could say maybe it was the sloppy going. He's 0 for 2, hasn't hit the board uh, in either of his off track efforts. Uh, my concern is, uh, you know, I picked him in the Haskell. He didn't get the job done. He ran well in the Derby, no doubt about that. Exaggerator ran better, uh, was against the pace that day. Uh, front end did very well on Derby Day. Exaggerator, one of the few closers who ran well, still beat Gunrunner home. Uh, to me, I mean, yeah, it's you know, three, four times the price difference uh, with Gunrunner, but I, I feel like Exaggerator has proved he's the better horse. And for that reason, Gunrunner is a defensive use. Uh, wouldn't shock me. I like him better than most, but uh, he's He's down the depth chart from Exaggerator for me. He he's actually the top pick in the value play picks, and the reason why is he's got that very fast. He's got a couple eighty two, an eighty two, and an eighty three. So he's strung together two races that, if he's able to run back to, are good enough to win. And that's 
one of the things I have to be aware of that like, yes, I think his last race was 76 and that was regression. But if he, if he, if he's able to improve four points, which would still be a couple points below his lifetime top, he can win. So I think gun runner on a good day can win. I can't say that about a lot of these horses and I'm not, I'm not necessarily thinking the horse that's going to win this is going to jump up out of nowhere. I think the horse that's going to win this race will have had a race in the 77-78 range before, and Gunrunner is one of them. So he is definitely a use for me. All right. Well, that gets us through the field. Uh, so what, uh, it's Saturday. Traverse time is here. The odds board opens up. What are you hoping to see and how are you going to play it? Yeah, well, I, like you, will be playing multis. That's sort of the way I go. I like multis because the edge gets neutralized for the uh, batch betters. I mean, they're, you know, they're not able to come into the multis, and uh, there's a guarantee in this race. That being said, if I'm looking on the win end, I'm looking at my man Sam and Gunrunner as my two horses I would consider making win bets on. All right, and the uh, exaggerator for me is a heavy lean and uh, definitely will be looking at the double will pays with the sore dancer to uh, maybe sure. see what, what can be done with, with Flintshire. I did take a peek at that race on the value plays, and uh, I guess at 1-5 to five, it's not a huge shock that he does not figure prominently. I was surprised to see he's not even a top or fringe, fringe contender, though. Uh, which I'm sure there's maybe some some pace uh, situation going on there with the way his races have been run. But, right. uh, I mean, are you going to try to beat him? No. No, I'm not. I'm, no. I've tried. And he, <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> I'll just speak quickly about this race. It's a shitty field. It's not a good field. So even if I wanted to try to beat him, there's really not anybody in here that can beat him. That's my problem. Like, I would love to try to beat him. Right. But um, it's certainly not going to be Grand Tito, who had his way on the front end. They couldn't have gone slower, and he still lost, right? So he's not going to run any better. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think maybe the horse I would play for second, if any horse can beat him, I think Money Multiplier would be the horse. I don't think Money Multiplier can. But I actually like the three Roman approval for second. I think he's the fastest of all of this bunch. I think he will be on top. I think he'll get a, a, a pretty respectable pace, and Flintshire will run him down in the lane. He'll hold on for second. All right, good, uh, good angles for sure. And it uh, sounds like you got something going on tonight with the even more in-depth uh, reading of the numbers for Travers Day. Yep, uh, just a couple hours from now at 7 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to be hosting the Travers webinar. You can go to the home page and click on the link, and I'll be pulling up the PPs, Brisnet PPs, showing the pace figures and going through each of the horses and each of the uh, pick four races. I'm halfway through the card, and I'm, I just got to get rolling on the forego, and of course, uh, the pick four starts in race eight, and, and uh, it'll be a fun night. Usually, we have a bunch of people calling in, and or, or, or uh, uh, that call in, but you can send in questions live through GoToMeeting, which is a uh, a meeting share tool that we use. So it's a, it's a fun hour. It's quick. I don't bore anybody. And unfortunately, since you're not going to be the guest, I'm going to be talking for an hour straight. 
You, know, you have a lot to say. Uh, usually, usually good things. Uh, I'll certainly be checking out the uh, uh, recap of it or archive version or whatever, whatever it's called. Uh, always uh, good info, and we only really got through the Travers and a quick hit on the Sword Dancer. So be curious to see what you think of the other two races, which I absolutely think uh, we can see some some big balloons, and uh, hopefully that'll happen. And Exaggerator will get the job done in the Travers because uh, that's how I'm playing my day. Uh, any any other parting thoughts? Well, just one. Neck of the Moon goes tomorrow in the Yado at Saratoga. She's tomorrow. Okay, uh, yeah, Friday. She's uh, race eight. She's three to one. She's coming off a turf decline line, which is the new pace top on turf. She hasn't been better. She draws outside. And Yado as you may or may not know, is an artist community that's located very close to the entrance to Saratoga. Lots of yoga, lots of very cool hip stuff going on, which is my style. I think she's going to win. I've also said I think she's going to win multiple races, but this is this is the race for me. I think there's going to be some value at 2-1. to one. And, um, yeah, we're, we're live on Neck of the Moon tomorrow. All right. I like it and wish you luck uh, and hopefully uh, be talking about it next week. Uh, so best of luck, and uh, not only with her, but your wagers on Saturday should be a big weekend. You too, Ed. Best of luck. Nice to catch up with you, buddy. Take care. Absolutely. All right, Danny Zucker, everyone, from PredictiveForum.com. That's our uh, look at the 14-horse Traverse Stakes field. And for a look at the All-Stakes Pick 4 ending with the Traverse Stakes, be sure to hit up that predictive form webinar. The link is in the description. If you miss it live, uh, the, the, it's archived and available for your viewing pleasure, which is how I plan to digest it on Friday. That's it for the uh, Traverse Stakes preview here. We'll be back next week maybe with the wood, wood, Woodward, uh, perhaps the hopeful. depends on what draws, but uh, send Saratoga out in style. Until then.